Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Gorp. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees, Nylon, whatever you want, as long as it's not my real name. And I am joined today by a female entrepreneur, Gorpcore enthusiast, representing the 10% of women that follow me on my account, hopefully growing at this point. It is Georgia Smith. Thank you for coming on the show today. Hello. Yeah. Also, Georgia Smith is probably going to get you a lot more followers because she's a famous singer. Not the same oh. Georgia Smith as that, but, no, it but is. yeah. It's the same Georgia Smith. What's the important <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I am a female entrepreneur. I, um, I co-own a creative agency called BS Lab, mm-hmm. which now we're sort of like regretting the name of that, but it actually means Braun and Smith. <laughs> but, um, okay. Um, yeah, we have two brands within the agency. One of them is Homework, which is a luxury loungewear brand made in the UK. It's all sustainable. It's very nice. And the other one is um, Carrier Goods, which is an outdoor brand, which is where me and my business partner sort of like express our like love for outdoors and everything Gorkor. So, yeah. There you are. And we will get into everything else but before uh before that i have to ask you top of the show yeah would you like to talk about trees or nylon first and we can get into every other topic from there Hmm. well i feel like everybody goes trees first of course this is the common theme nylon because go nylon wow switching it up okay yeah yeah yeah. although i feel like trees probably does make more sense because that's where my life started but We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we can always just reverse it in editing. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. So starting with nylon, tell me a little bit about your past with clothing. Doesn't have to be Gorpcore. It could be anything. Um, just how you got into clothing, I guess. Yeah. So um, my grandma actually taught me to sew on a, like an industrial machine when I was like six. Wow. So yeah, pretty probably too young to be using the industrial machine, <laughs> but um, but I mean obviously it paid off. Um yeah, she had like a soft furnishing company uh, making like um like curtains and like like um what's it called like covering furniture and like making mm-hmm. pillows and stuff. Um and yeah, she just like um, it was quite a big scale, she do like hotels and stuff, and she oh, taught wow. me to so yeah, when I was like five or six I was like making clothes for initially it started as like making clothes for like my dolls and then it sort of like turned into making clothes for myself and like my like maybe my mom or the don't think that she wore them mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then yeah I guess I've always sort of been interested in like making clothes my dad's a carpenter um so I was like always really interested in his like workwear I remember when I was like 15 and I'm like five foot 10. I'm like pretty skinny. And I was like wearing my dad's uh, like carpenter jeans. Like, oh yeah, these I'm huge baggy jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of embarrassing. Now I've got some pretty like ridiculous pictures of me like trying to be hip hop when I was younger. But yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess like my clothing journey, like my aesthetic was a bit weird. So I have always been into like sports. I used to swim from being like pretty young um like swim for county mm-hmm. uh so I was like pretty good oh, and also, like very always like very functional like dressing sort of thing and I've always okay. I still like have that now um and I don't know if you're familiar with the sort of like Mosha emo like terminology yeah. yeah yeah I don't know if that's like a British thing or if it's like also in America but I guess I was sort of like a bit of a Mosha <laughs> Oh, I was wearing like wow. baggy pants, like listen to like hot, like some rock music, but I also really loved hip hop. So okay. it's funny because that like that aesthetic is sort of very similar to like hip hop as well. The sort of like baggy pants and like, mm-hmm. and so I then just started like transitioning into that when I became like a teenager. And there, yeah, there wasn't really very many people that were sort of into that when I went to school or like where I grew up. Cause I grew up in like, the absolute middle of nowhere in the countryside in Yorkshire. So it was pretty diluted um, in terms of like, you know, aesthetic and stuff. But um, but yeah, so it was a bit of a bit of an emo mosher for a while. Did a bit of skateboarding, climbing trees, that sort of thing. <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, that was my initial 
Oh yeah, actually also, this is quite funny. Um, when I was like really young, my mum started letting me dress myself from basically like knowing what clothes were. So I would like just wear the most outrageous outfits. And my mum, like from being like, you know, two or three, I'd yeah. be like wearing like my older brother's like Spider-Man t-shirt and then some like dungarees. And then I, for some reason went through the stage of like wearing a tutu over the top of everything. There you go. So I'd like <laughs> Tesco or whatever. And she, she, I don't even know why she didn't give a shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I appreciate that about her, that she didn't care. And she just sort of like let me have that creativity because... Mm-hmm. I know maybe if she hadn't have let me do that I might not have turned into a creative who knows but um, exactly yeah it's like shit, for you shit, my brother off to my grandma's house for the weekend and my grandma would be like appalled at what I was wearing <laughs> she'd like take us shopping and just like buy me a new outfit because she didn't want, <laughs> want me to wear what I was wearing she'd throw on the machine and be like all right we're gonna stitch you something different all right like although I think maybe that was like tactical for my mum to get my grandma to buy me loads of new clothes ah, like, I've only just realized <laughs> doing but yeah very nice intro into my aesthetic (laughs) yeah it sounds like you had a lot of influences sorry i'm not close enough to like sounds like you had a lot of influences all around you from like you know different areas even even people that weren't trying to influence you like your dad wearing carpenter pants and stuff seems like to have an effect on you i only sort of like realized that later on that that was like a big influence but also my brother was like a big influence on me i like just wanted to copy everything that he did so (laughs) He hated what was that. he into? Was he into the same like monster scene and stuff? Yeah, he was like very into like that sort of like rock scene. I think that I sort of like journeyed out of it a bit as I became like a bit when maybe like 14, 15, I stopped copying him so much and then started mm. being more interested in like hip hop, um, which I think that he was pretty grateful for. But yeah, we were sort of <laughs> always like, that sort of like skate scene, like rock and roll, that sort of thing. Moving on from that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did the formative years you started building out your own style what do you wear now as a creative consultant designer is that it creative consultant designer that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah. um okay <laughs> sometimes i need a little bit convincing myself so <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm still pretty functional in what i wear like i sort of wear the same thing all the time because mm. i basically i cycle everywhere and i'm so mm. reliant cycling now that I actually haven't got a fucking clue how to get to most places unless I cycle there I mean my, wow. my sense of direction is pretty appalling as it is but I just yeah I can't remember where anything is now um so yeah so usually wearing something that's like I'm not going to get too hot in um and has like maybe a bit of stretch in it or whatever mm-hmm. so I sort of wear the same like Maharishi like snow pants basically every day and like a long sleeve t-shirt and at least <laughs> what, actually nice. what I'm now <laughs> yeah uniform dresser I mean if it works it works right yeah um I mean I do have like I guess it's gorp corp mm. I have like one arcteric jacket which is a waterproof jacket and I sort of only really wear it when it's raining because yeah. otherwise I'm just going to be too hot like cycling around in it um I sort of yeah buy like clothes a bit, but it, you know, I bought my Arcteryx jacket off Grailed as well. I didn't buy it from Arcteryx. Um, and yeah, I sort of like buy clothes when I need them or if I find something that's like missing, like I'm looking for like a very specific pair of like climbing trousers at the moment. And I'm probably just going to end up designing them myself because I can't find exactly what I want. This go. is the whole like space of like being a female, but enjoying like menswear aesthetic is, is mm-hmm. difficult. Um, and I guess that's one of the things that I wanted to do with carrier goods is like have this aesthetic that is like transmittable between genders. Um, so yeah, so yeah, functional dressing is how I would describe my style mm-hmm. <laughs> and mostly black. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too. Although, no, I mean, I'm everything I'm wearing is black except for the sweater. So we're good. Um, I was going to say on the note of what you were saying i saw like a tweet or something the other day and it just said why it oh you know what it's sent from a uniqlo ad i don't know if you saw this uh it was like a uniqlo ad that said like genderless clothing or something like that and it was all just men's clothing worn by women but the women's clothing was not considered androgynous or genderless the men's clothing was maybe we can talk on talk on that because i have some opinions on why but i feel like you are more equipped to talk about that 
Um, so one of the brands that we actually design for as part of our agency is like a gender fluid brand that is sort of really like pushing the boundaries of like women's wear for men, essentially. So mm. there's crop tops and mesh tops and like, you know, like baggy pants and like it's all sort of shot on these quite like androgynous like models. And it's very, it's a very sort of like different gender fluid aesthetic than what we're trying to create at Carrier Goods, which is sort of essentially, you know, how I and a lot of the females in this court core area dress, which is basically like menswear for women. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's basically just um, like misogyny, I guess, in this yeah. area, like men can't dress like women mm-hmm. and, you know, women are starting to be able to dress like men, but they're still sort yeah. of stereotyped in this sort of like tomboy area or this sort of like, I don't know, I get a lot of people sometimes like when I'm like lifting in the gym or something like that, they're like, oh shit, you know, like, oh, she can, you know, she's like strong or something. And I'm just like, why is it always like that? Why can't you just be like a woman who is strong and not be shocked about it? Mm-hmm. It's that sort of same like narrative, but I think I've like transitioned to here a little bit. But why don't you tell me what your theory is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say it is just like you know society. Yeah, society. Like the first time I ever started questioning this kind of thing about about you know the clothing and men and women dressing certain ways and all that, it was with I don't know if you're familiar with Jeffrey Star. We don't like anymore because yeah, he's like racist or a bigot or a bad person, but. Um, I saw a video where he was just saying like, I wear this, I paint my nails, I do my hair like this, I have all this stuff, um, but it doesn't make me a girl because you can kind of just dress however you want and you can still be a guy because that's just, it's just me. You know, it doesn't necessarily make you something if you dress a certain way or if you don't dress a certain way. And it was very eye-opening to me as I was into Supreme and all that. And I was very much into my hype space and I was like, wow, you can just do this. And like, I've never been against wearing pink or anything like that. I was very into vineyard vines growing up, which is just a lot of pastel colors. So I've never been super insecure like that, but it was just eye opening for me to see that. And like, honestly, I think in the fashion scene that I am a part of, I don't think I've seen anyone ever like at, online, I should say not in, not in real life In real life. It's definitely happened, but I've never seen people come for like girls dressing like guys or guys dressing like girls um I've, i don't think i've ever seen that uh in in the space the small space that i'm in you know like in the gorp course scene of course it is a lot of baggier cuts and um i mean arcteryx does have some thinner uh like more military cut clothing but for, for the most part it is pretty baggy so i think i don't know the, the debate of genderless versus gendered in my head at least i know in real life it's different but in my head it's kind of like well these are just kind of clothes for people that's not exactly like a gendered item, you know, an Arcteryx jacket isn't made for men or for women in my head. And that just might be a man saying that, you know, it might just be me thinking that because I'm not a woman, so I can't speak on it, but that's just what goes through my head. And you tell me if I'm extremely wrong and then I'll apologize. No, no, I think that there's, you know, certain clothing when Arcteryx make their jackets, they will take into consideration the generalized proportions of women so generally we have like shorter sorry. <laughs> sorry about that that's all right um yeah so generally we have sort of like shorter bodies and mm-hmm. you know slightly <clears throat> slighter shoulders so those proportions will be sort of like taken into account and also maybe like slightly wider hips so sometimes when i'm trying to buy a men's jacket like it will be too long for me or it will be too like a size small that will fit my shoulders won't fit me on my hips. Mm. So like, even though I want to get that menswear aesthetic, sometimes it doesn't fit me, which is annoying. And Mm. obviously that's taken into account with, you know, women's wear clothing. Um, There was one more thing that I wanted to say and I've totally forgot what it was. Oh, what I was going to say is, I guess with this sort of like gawk core area is that, it's more, it's very like functional dressing. Mm-hmm. So I guess this sort of like gender pushing, like aesthetic, you know, might not necessarily be trans 
transferable into this environment because it's more mm. like, you know, I mean, I actually, my one of my best friends uh, went on a hike a few weeks ago wearing a mesh, like long sleeve top. He's a guy. Mm. Uh, he like sent me a photo. It was like a Calvin Klein one. And I was like, sick, that's, you know, he's really like out here, like pushing the, so, I mean, they sort of are doing it. He didn't, I don't think he posted it on Instagram or anything, but, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, I think, it was there it happened it was it was, <laughs> it was important um but yeah I guess it's also probably something to do with the sort of like I guess like societal pressure maybe just like mm-hmm. you know on that sort of scene it's pretty masculine it's pretty like yeah. adventure focused it's like all of this sort of like testosterone stuff like you don't <laughs> really gonna get like many people up here like wearing a skirt who's actually a dude when he's going hiking you know Um, but I mean hopefully one day that those those bridges will come down and we'll be you know totally genderless clothing and it won't matter and no one's gonna get picked on but Mm -hmm. right (laughs) my question is how functional would a skirt be for hiking I think you'd have to have like a skirt I actually have a pretty good Nike skirt that's like a tennis skirt and I wear it a lot like for cycling it's actually great for cycling because you were wearing a skirt if it like blows up you've got shorts underneath so like I was wearing that I lived in LA for a year um before the pandemic and I wore that a lot because it's like lightweight and it's yeah. like short so it's you know if you're hot it's fine <laughs> yeah. and actually pretty good <laughs> nice nice um I had a point to make I think I was just gonna say society again it really is society like societal pressure societal pressure to just dress a certain way to be a certain way but I've already nailed that down quite a bit with my rant (laughs) I think it's also like yeah I think I said it before but this sort of like masculine gaze almost it's like Mm -hmm. it's all part of that same problem um just it being like a a very testosterone driven space so but yeah it's like traditionally male be like oh you gotta be a man get out there and hunt, yeah, exactly. a, hunt a wolf in the woods <laughs> or something you know yeah, exactly yeah, um, I, I understand that I have this like real desire to go wild camping on my own mm-hmm. and like turn my phone off and just like not speak to anyone for a week but oh, I wow. feel safe to be able to do that as a woman, like mm-hmm. camping on my own in the middle of nowhere, yeah. which is insane because like, I would love to be able to do that. And I don't necessarily think that's just like testosterone and masculine energy. I think that that's also just like safety from like- Yeah, you know, I don't feel safe doing that either. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think if I was a man, I would definitely feel more safe doing it. Yeah, maybe you're just braver than I am. I, I don't know about <laughs> camping alone for a week. I don't know. I think no we need to try this we need to try like not having a phone for a week I think it's important oh yeah yeah yeah. not having a phone for a week is that's that's good but I can't remember what it was that I listened to it on but it was this guy that does it like every year he like goes Mm -hmm. out to his phone off and just like has a week not speaking to anyone and I was like that's sick I want to do that yeah there's a guy on YouTube whose name is Craig Adams and um he does like YouTube videos that are every title is like walking blank miles alone in like this mountain range. And it's just like 30 minute videos of him just walking through the Alps or through like the Pacific Northwest or wherever he is. And he'll just go for like a week or like three days of just like not talking to anyone, just wild camping on these trails. It's very peaceful. And I don't know if I would do it. Craig Adams. It's Craig with a K. I'm going to listen to that. That sounds like my kind of thing. It's super enjoyable. It's just, it's very calming and it's really pretty. He, he, he gets some really good shots of the scenery and he's a drone and all that good stuff. So very nice. And he's been all over the world. So there's a lot to look at. But anyway, um, moving on to your future. Um, yeah. Future aesthetic, future Nile. Future aesthetic. And also you can talk about future aesthetic of you or future aesthetic of just fashion in general or the Gorp course scene or really anything. This is, this is a pretty broad topic. Yeah. I guess the like aesthetic of me, I'm sort of like considering trying, you know, trying to be a bit more like responsible with my outfits because I feel like <laughs> more responsible. I feel like I'm like dressing like still like a 20 year old 
and I don't really know what to do about it. I feel like females who are like my age are sort of like dressing more adult than I am and I'm still sort of like wearing these like silly trousers but we'll see maybe I'll just that's just my vibe forever um I mean I will be more so what like more formal wear or really formal wear but I guess just like more like I don't know what the word is like um adult or maybe more I don't know the example of like an adult outfit well I guess just like I'm always sort of like, I don't know that I'm always going to be cycling everywhere and like climbing all the time and like hiking all the time. So, I mean, hopefully I will continue to do, to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, my outfits will stay the same, but sometimes yeah. I think like when I go to an event, I'm like, I don't know what to wear because I mm-hmm. always wear the same outfit and then I need to look smart at an event and yeah. I'm like, I don't have any nice clothes. So maybe I need to, yeah, start adopting some like, maybe like designer, nice, well-tailored designer okay. clothes. Like yeah. make me feel a bit more adult. Yeah, yeah. Get into watches maybe, who knows? <laughs> what did you say? Get into watches maybe, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. We'll see, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I guess like the future of nylon, I think sort of like trans, like, transfers quite nicely into my job. So I have this brand Carrier Goods and co-own it with my business partner, Matt. And yeah, it's just like, it's a really exciting thing to be doing because it's something that we're both so heavily interested in, like individually and together, like the outdoors and also fashion. So it's just like such a nice like mix for us to be involved in it uh, together. Um, and I guess like one of the things that, you know, we were only just l- launching our first season in stores in May. So mm, we're just. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, we're excited. Um, so we're just like put, doing the sales period actually right now for the second collection, which is like autumn into 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully like as we get more well-known and we sort of start ha- earning more money, we're going to like have a real focus on like sustainability and you know recycled fabrics and like engineering and and that sort of like future proofing the band brand because it's something that we're really passionate about but as a starting a new brand it, it's really hard um it's really difficult to do that to like meet the minimums for the fabric and then like you know it's just it's it's pretty difficult so i do think it's important that these big brands are, are really making an effort to where they can you know target this and like use the right fabrics and be more mindful about what they're doing and putting out into the world um it's easy for them you know yeah exactly it is easy for them and they should do more but they don't (laughs) but (laughs) yeah they're definitely like we're already put doing like recycled fleece but there's other things that we're doing hopefully like looking into the next few seasons as the brand gets bigger we get more money and whatever um, yeah. But yeah, into future. It. Have. And speaking of the brand, I really, really like your logo. It's very cool. I especially like um, the embroidered logo on a fleece. Like I'm looking at one picture here where it's like dark gray or like a light gray fleece with a white logo. Looks very cool. Looks very cool. Yeah, no, we're really, really happy with that logo. Actually, it was like when we were first doing it. Me and Matt sort of like do like basically like work on the whole thing together. So it's like mm-hmm. very like 50 50 um but we were sort of like doing it and we had like a lot of feedback about the logo because we were like is it too busy is it but we've had everybody loves it which is really cool um yeah it's um it's exciting it's exciting time (laughs) as well because i mean mental how like um big the outdoor scenes got in like the since lockdown like it's wild absolutely in in it before and then see this like crazy boom it's just like it's bonkers Mm-hmm. Um, and when did you when would you say you got into like the Gorp course scene hmm. um I guess I mean I really did like grow up with like going into trees now aren't we <laughs> yeah hey that's um, fine natural segue that's all good um yeah I mean my, I've because I grew up in the middle of nowhere like in, mm-hmm. in like rural we've always been going on hikes since I was sort of able to walk 
um, when I was like 10 or 11, my mum did training to climb Machu Picchu and then went and climbed it. So for like a year, I think she was climbing. And then I think that she wasn't able to do it that year for some reason. I can't remember what happened. There was something in our family or something. So then she had to train for another year. So like we would go to the Lake District like every weekend and go hiking like me, my mum and dad and uh, brother and the dog and like go on these like big hikes every weekend. So, and like my mum's got like a massive family and we would all go do that like in the summer as well. So yeah, I think it's always been sort of like in my blood. I think that um, when I went to uni, I sort of like maybe slipped off a little bit and then when I trying to think when it was really that I sort of got back into it about like five years ago um I mean we still sort of like went went on walks and stuff with like friends and stuff but I think it was sort of like yeah like five years ago that I sort of like got properly into it um and then when I was living in LA for a year I lived just like at the bottom of Runnin Canyon so that's like that was was hiking every night that was amazing um and yeah um that's it really I mean now I go on hikes like regularly like I feel like all my friends now are like very into it and like um you know my family is still super into it so every time I go home we go on like a couple of hikes um and yeah my friends are really into it me and my best mate Charlotte could do this thing called um energy walks which is where (laughs) we like I mean, we've been, we've done it in like Snowden, we've done it in like Epping Forest, like various places, but we'll go, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but we were like <laughs> taking mushrooms and then like, just oh, like. Yeah, I don't really care. You don't care. Uh, yeah, so we like take mushrooms and then just like, we don't have like a route, we just like go like where we feel like going. And okay. it's because like on, I have like a Garmin watch and it like tracks mm-hmm. the route. So like afterwards we like looked at it and it's so funny. We're just like going in these like little squiggly like, <laughs> like lines everywhere it's absolutely hilarious um but yeah so that's like another thing just like being outdoors high is great (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like that's a big part of the scene that is kind of not talked about but shown a lot like I know like most of these big accounts like they'll post a blunt every once in a while they'll do something every once in a while but they don't like outright say it they'll they'll much they'd much rather talk about like drinking on the trail than they would talk about smoking on the trail it's quite funny because I don't actually drink anymore really like Mm. very occasionally it's Mm. like I think it's been like like, over a year now that I sort of haven't really drank for and I do find it quite funny that like all these lads on these like accounts just like go off for the weekend get absolutely blasted like go for hikes and stuff I was like it's totally polar opposite me and my friends we like you know are sober or like you know not drunk and then we like go for this hike and then we take mushrooms and then have these like amazing chats and like these big ex- like mm. expansive talks between us and it's like it's very different but I mean hey, different ways to experience don't, the knock, don't knock being drunk at the campsite there's a beauty to that there's <laughs> oh, definitely a beauty to that I've done it like many many times but in okay. my I don't do it anymore yeah I can't I'm, speak to the mushrooms but I can tell you sorry what was yeah. that I can't speak to mushrooms of being drunk at the campsite or I've never been drunk hiking, but drunk at the campsite is a, is a different kind of drunk. Cause you're, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I've definitely been drunk hiking before. Uh, and it wow. is. Fun. Sounds uh, awful. That's actually sounds awful because it's like, you're so you're all uncoordinated, just like stumbling yeah, around. A bit wobbly, a bit tired, but like yeah. mega long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carry on, carry on. Um, so you kind of answered. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you back to the question. Um, when did you, when do you think you start started getting into the actual like Gorp core like Instagram scene? Like I don't, I don't know if there's another word besides Instagram, but like you know, gravitating more towards the brands that are in Gorp core and like you know, following people and who did you follow first and you know all that, all that stuff. Remember who I followed first? Um, I guess like for a few years I've been maybe like into it but maybe not as much into it as I am like maybe publicly now I guess is mm-hmm. the right way to say that so I've had I've had this sort of like techie aesthetic for a while mm-hmm. um but I guess like within the last couple of years has been when I sort of started following like I can't remember who it, they are but like L Hall or like 114 Index and like then I became friends with Rory who I know you've had on the podcast yeah. 
constitutes the lookbooks for our brand now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it was like a couple of years ago that I sort of started getting into that like Instagram version of Gorkcore. Mm. Um, and then I don't know, like I guess because I work in fashion, I've been into the brands for a long time. So yeah. that's probably more like I don't know, like. I guess probably like 10 years, like Arcterics, maybe like, I don't know how long, and Wonder, like Hike and Snow Peak, all that stuff has been like a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And you said that, or I don't know if you said this, but Carrier Goods is kind of like a response to what you saw in these brands over the past two years? So Carrier Goods is like a little bit different. So really what we wanted to do was... um have like a approachable entry level like brand that is able to like life in the city and on the like outdoors so it's like really transformable it's like and also the thing that I find with a lot of these brands is it's pretty intimidating for like people to just always you know you feel like you have to have an Arcteryx jacket or like you have to have to buy all the new stuff and you have to have like super expensive hiking boots and and you know I've never really been that person I buy like stuff like you know I reluctantly used to wear my parents like waterproofs you know I didn't really when I was like younger I was like oh this isn't cool I don't want to wear my mum's like fitted like jacket or whatever like waterproof jacket so you know we wanted to do something that isn't this like super high ticket price point that is Mm. more that is you know technical staples but uh, approachable price point because the whole point is that like you know outdoors is for everyone and we don't want it to be like you know it's it's like a monopoly on the outdoors and you have to look Mm -hmm. cool and you know that's not what it's about it's about yeah yeah um i've had on rory and also foot down um they both talked about like the scene around Gorpcore is a very like it's a niche community of people that are like it's mostly like streetwear kids that decided they like going outside and so now they've kind of just like transitioned a lot of their streetwear habits into yeah. uh, a new scene but there is just like a whole scene of people um, probably the majority of people who just wear stuff you know they don't have to pick out an outfit they don't have to buy a new thing like uh, I call it like dad core, like what my dad dresses like is just basically how I dress like, except I picked out these colorways specifically and I didn't just pick them from a clearance rack at REI because that's what he did, you know, um, just just that aesthetic of like, there are so many people that just go outside and get what they need. And then there's this scene that's like, well, you know, the New York the New York Jacket, well, the New York Jacket just came out, or like Solomon yeah. just came out with a new collab, and I really need to buy that. It's like, well, you don't really need to, but yeah. it's it's you know, it's a different it's a different level of going outside, you know. Yeah, it's sort of it. It's it's funny because I wouldn't nest because I'm like not necessarily in that. Uh, like I don't buy new the new stuff ever. Mm-hmm. Like I see it because I work in fashion and yeah. I like it. I'm not out here like dropping like 600 quid on that Tarek's jacket because I already have one. I don't need another one. Mm-hmm. Like it's still work waterproof. It was, you know, it was expensive. I like it. I don't need another one. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's even though I guess I'm in that sort of like gawk core area, I'm not one of the hype beast kids that's like <laughs> outside Arcterics or, or, you know, yeah. Sol- or, or hike whatever. Um, I sort of like buy things when I need it. And I think the, the dad core thing that you talk about, it's sort of this like functional dressing. It's like, you know, my yeah. dad is like well trendy and he doesn't even know because he like <laughs> is like a carpenter. He's got like Dickie's pants on and like a, like, you know, like a like sick jacket. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. he's got paint over him and like rips. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you don't even know how cool you are. And he's wearing <laughs> like, like sick boots and stuff. So yeah, I think that I'm definitely sort of more in the like dad core area i mean i would like to have the money to be in the court i'm not <laughs> I'd, I'd say you're there i don't listen honestly i think gorb core is kind of a mindset and as long as you're um paying attention like you pay attention to the brands you pay attention to what's going on in the scene i think that's enough on it you go outside like you don't like i don't have six betas you know i have one waterproof jacket i have a mid-layer and i have the down jacket 
Yeah. And like, that's, that's something that I always say is I like to admire from afar and I'm, you know, kind of like you, like I'm aware of what's happening, but I don't have to buy it. I don't feel the need to buy anything. Cause it's like, I have what I need already. I don't need another jacket really, you know, until one breaks and then I can either patch it up or if it's unrepairable, I get a new one, you know? I think that's the interesting thing that you just said is like, you don't feel like you need to, yeah. you don't have that need to mm-hmm. sort of like buy that new jacket. You're like, and I think that that's something that's important about like purchasing clothes because then it, it, you know, it doesn't create this sort of like constant desire to spend, spend, spend. It's like, you mm-hmm. just have what you need and then you buy stuff when it's new. I think I went through like two years of only buying things on Depop. It was pretty mm-hmm. hard. And I had to be yeah. like, really frivolous about it I'm not doing it as much now but I will always be very mindful about what I need so if I'm like yeah. you know need a new pair of trousers I'll try find it on Depop first and then I'll be like oh, okay I can't do that like where's the next place um and yeah I think that that sort of like hype beast mentality it's it's pretty mental <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think I think in this scene it's better um than it is for like, you know, the normal hype beast, but like it's, it doesn't revolve around like drop culture and like always having the new thing. Um, and I know a lot of people that like will sell their old jacket to buy the new jacket, which is good. Cause it's like, you know, you're giving someone else a secondhand jacket. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean, it is capitalism. <laughs> like they're always going to make new stuff and someone's always going to want to buy it. So, you know, they got to make money to survive somehow, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's it's a difficult place to be in, like having like a clothing brand and I feel really passionate about it and I love it and like I want to put that stuff out into the world. But then on the other hand, I'm also like, oh. <laughs> like yeah. I'm a bit like, I don't know, sad about the fact that I have to feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's just, but at least I feel guilty about it and I'm trying to do stuff. Yeah, that's good. You have the conscience for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when when you when carry goods is as big as like you know an Ann Wander, then you'll oh, be like, right? okay, yeah, you'll <laughs> yeah. get there. You'll get there. You got some good stuff going. And when you get to that point, then you can be like, okay, here's our initiative for only using recycled material and only like you know paying this rate and all that good stuff. So yeah, we're already looking into things that we can do with that sort of like one percent planet thing and mm-hmm. other initiatives that we can partake in. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. As soon as we are able to, we're yeah. hitting all those things up. Yeah, no fault of your own either. That's um, that's capitalism working working its magic in the real world where there's no downsides easier. to it. <laughs> easier to do things sustainably, and then more people would. But yeah, that's yeah. Well, it does it. It costs more to be unsustained, or it costs less to be. Su- I know what okay. you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it costs more to be sustainable. Yeah. And sometimes it's like borderline impossible with what you want to do just because that's how it works in this crazy world. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on to, you've kind of talked about your past of going to the Lake District and stuff with your family, um, getting on your hikes. How is your hiking schedule currently? How often do you get out there? So I broke my foot last year, which was really, really upsetting. So we were like, me and my mates were like on a pretty good schedule of like going every month, I'd say, Mm -hmm. Um, like out onto like a big hike, um, which was amazing. And then I broke my foot and then I was basically depressed for like four months because Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't rest. I just like kept trying to walk or go to the gym and then like fucked Mm -hmm. up. But yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm sort of very... I just like being in nature is like my favorite thing. So I, I go for a walk like every other day, I would say, but like a hike, mm-hmm. I would say like a couple of times a month, like once with my family, cause I go home every month and then once with my mates of any of which want to come with me. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also, um, like part of this group I haven't actually managed to go yet but it's this like girls hiking club which I'm super oh, nice. excited to uh I can't remember what it's called I think it's called Gorp Girls yeah on I was gonna ask about them yeah um so I'm gonna go do that when I can but I haven't been able to go yet because keep working mm-hmm. at the weekend which is nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yes the cycling group you told you told me about this in the dms you want to talk I about that some more 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm like avid cyclist. Um, I'm trying to plan a cycle with just women and like non-binary people mm-hmm. and LGBTQ friendly to Paris. So oh. I'm in the middle of planning it. It's sort of quite difficult because people are like, <laughs> come because of covid people are like what's yeah. the set gonna be they don't want to book anything so mm. i don't necessarily know that it's gonna happen until probably like september but i'm really excited about it i absolutely awesome. love cycling and apparently it's like a pretty good route so it's not not too many hills <laughs> and you can bike from the uk to paris or you have to fly somewhere and then bike so you can get the ferry across or the eurostar and then you cycle from um Calais when you get to Paris and then cycle for, or when you get to France, sorry, and then cycle mm-hmm. to Paris. Um, wow. So 300 miles, I think, which is like two and a half, three days there, three days back, that sort of thing. Wow. That sounds awesome. That sounds intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple and- of um, cycles. Like the biggest I've done is like 100K. I've done like quite a few 50k I try and the thing is is the problem with me is that I'm, I'm into too many things so I'm like <laughs> trying to do like a big cycle every week I'm trying to do like a big hike every week I'm trying yeah. to go climbing I'm trying to like go to the gym it's just like there's not enough time to work <laughs> yeah I get that for sure um well not really I don't actually don't have a job right now but whatever <laughs> but anyway um I understand the, the premise of it <laughs> I would quite like to just not have a job and to just do all of those things like that would be great yeah, well, then, then the problem is that you don't have money and then uh, you get really stressed out trying to find a job. So it's either or, you know, it's well, double-edged sword. I feel like carrier goods is not really a job because I love it so much and, like, I love doing there you it. Go. So that feels like not work, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, find a job you love, never work a day in your life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea about bikes in general. Um, but for the people that do, cause you talk about your bicycle that you use, cause there yeah. are some other, other bicyclists that listen to the pod. Cyclists, I think is, is the uh, plural. Yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how much I know. That's how much I know. <laughs> uh, so I have a road bike. I have a hybrid, which is a Cannondale bad boy, uh, mm-hmm. is, what, is what the name of it is called. This is quite funny. I bought it on Facebook marketplace and this was like before I really knew anything about bikes. And the guy was like, yeah, it's a Cannondale bad boy. And I was like, yeah, but what model is it? And he was like, it's a bad boy. And I was like, I know it's a bad boy, but like, what model is it? He was like, that's what it's called. And I was like, oh, cool. I thought he was just trying to, it was like a sick bike. He was just like, you know, it's a bad boy. Look at this bad boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but yeah, I'm actually going to buy a new one though, because I don't like flat handlebars. So I prefer Mm. to have drop down handlebars. You sort of like lower to the road. I mean, my dad's always like, don't get one of those because you'll get hit far easier. But I just like, I just want one. Um, so I'm going to get, you can see it in the background here, it's my bike. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what prompted yeah. the question. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm a road cyclist, which means that I'm not really like dirt biking with the bike and I'm sort of like stick to like main roads, maybe a little bit of gravel here and there because I've got some slightly thicker tires, but um, yeah, I prefer the sort of like flat, well, not flat, but smooth roads, hills, that could, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dirt biking a couple of times and I really loved it, but I flipped fully over the front of the handlebars and was like, oh, I'm not sure this is for me. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm really, like discombobulated for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have been mountain biking just once. I was nine, maybe. And it was, nine, um, <laughs> yeah, I was nine and it was, it was really fun until the end where it became hell. And um, they, it was like the first time they had really done the mountain biking course. It was at a summer camp. And um, so we did the, we did the route they had planned, but they didn't build like an exit or we got lost. or there was some, some, some miscommunication happened and we just ended up at like a horse stable and we had to like throw all of our bikes over the fence to get back to like the main area. And so we're all pretty tired. We've been going for a while and, you know, little nine-year-old um played soccer his whole life so I didn't have much upper body strength and I was just trying to toss my um my bike over and I just got all cut up by the barbed wire on the fence like on my legs and arms and stuff so I'm just sitting there bleeding on, on my mountain bike 
Uh, and I was like, yeah. maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't the best, maybe this isn't the best time anymore. Um, <laughs> that's the one experience I've had. And it was really great until the very end. Magic, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> blood, blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> that's when you know it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe looking back on it, uh, type two fun. That means it's like fun looking back, but not in the moment at all. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I don't think I've talked about like future trees. Yeah, future. no, we have not talked about that yet. Um, I guess my plan for the future, I would like really love to live in a forest or like near a forest. And I don't know mm. how that's going to work out, but that's my plan is to be able to like, go hiking or running or biking like around the forest and like maybe even have some sort of like yeah I don't know like house there or live somewhere I don't know where that's going to be yet but <laughs> that's not bad <laughs> yeah um that would hey so what's going to happen is carrier goods will blow up right multi-million so, dollar billion dollar company all right sick. sustainable and then you just like buy a bunch of land somewhere and like people come to you for creative consulting you know like the uh, i don't know if you know who rick rubin is but kind of like that route where he just like lives off on a ranch somewhere and people just go to his house um he's a music producer he probably produced your favorite songs in like the 2010s and stuff and now he's more of just like a consultant for songs um but yeah people just like go to him with music and he just like says yeah this is good and then <laughs> Yeah. Like it. Yeah. yeah. I could do that from the forest, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Sweet. Uh yeah. So the future of trees. Um, you you talked about living in the woods, obviously. This is a dream of mine as well. And then do you have any like besides your cycling trip, do you have any like hikes you really want to do or like countries you'd really like to see for the nature aspect of it or anything like that? Yeah, I think Actually, this morning, I just started planning a trip with my best mate. Uh, we're going to mm. go to hiking, um, cool. which is Switzerland. Oh, nice. Uh, which is going to be pretty exciting. And then we're also planning a trip to, I mean, it's like in the very minor stages of it at the moment, but because of like travel meeting and stuff. But yeah. we want to do some like several hikes in Japan. So like do some mountain uh. So I just bought this book, which is like, I can't remember what it's called, like 19 Mountains of Japan or something like that. And, nine. Mm. Uh, and it's just like talking about the different trails and like the history behind the people that live there and things like that. Like get a bit of information before we do it. So that's something that I'm really interested in. I actually have a picture of like one of the places on my screen. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> To like remind me to work hard so that I can go. <laughs> <laughs> she she showed me a picture of a beautiful flower field with oh, right, lots yeah, of different wild wildflowers and stuff. Yeah, no, sorry, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I feel like I'm always like wanting to plan another big hike or another big trip or something like that. But then work seems to have got in the way for the last few years. But um, definitely. Um, want to do a few more when I was living in LA I managed to do so much hiking it was amazing I went to big surloads and just oh, like yeah, hiking yeah. and that was incredible like one of the best trips I've ever been in been on uh, and I also went to Texas to visit my mm. auntie there when I was living in America so that was pretty cool um, nice. and Joshua Tree like that's such an amazing place so much so much fun yeah. there those western those western national parks are all amazing it's so great. Um, and yeah, like uh, my auntie lives in the Lake District um, in the mm. UK. So I'm very lucky with that. So I just sort of like pop there on the train and like go kayaking with her. Nice. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. that all sounds awesome. Switzerland and Japan are definitely up for me. Yeah. I've said it a thousand times in the pod and I'll say it a thousand and one. Um, I went to Japan uh back in 2019 i believe and i just stayed in tokyo so i didn't get out of the city and you could i could have spent two more weeks there just in the city alone um yeah but i really want to go up i really want to go northern and southern and just see the mountain ranges i never saw like mount fuji or anything even so i think i might have seen the silhouette of it i don't know if that's possible (laughs) i might might be lying to you right now but is terrible i couldn't tell you yeah. but it's <laughs> believe you Sweet. no one fact check that 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I know just like even in the cities, they have these shrines all over the place in Japan where, um, what is the big one? Meiji shrine. But anyway, um, you just feel like you're, at, you're out of the city completely. Like there was one that, you know, you got the big Tory gates and you have like, just, you're just surrounded by woods and you can't even hear like the bustle of the city. It's really wild. Like you just feel like you're in the mountains, but you're just in like a city center somewhere. It's like if central park was soundproof, it's kind of what it's like. Oh, wow. And smaller. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, really awesome. Um, so even in the cities, you can get that appreciation for nature and stuff and history and all that. So very eye-opening. Maybe that led me to Gorp. Who knows? Subliminal <laughs> messaging. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in circle? Cool. Um, I got my first pair of Solomons back in like March of 2020. Okay. And then <laughs> I love like, it. That's your intro circle. Yeah. Cool. Well, that that's when I that's when I officially like that's when I started my account was after I got those. I was like, okay, now I can start posting. Um, <laughs> and then obviously I locked down and. You could just, the only thing you do is go hiking. And so me and my roommate would go hiking a ton, but I was like casually following it on my main account. Um, a little bit earlier than that, maybe like early 2020, probably not 2019, but just like organic lab aware of what they were doing, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, then it just spiraled out of control and here I am on a podcast. <laughs> well, the podcast is amazing. I really loved all of the episodes that I listened to. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I actually had like an amazing lockdown experience. Just you just reminded me of something that you said. So I actually, like obviously, I live in London, but I decided to move home for like three months and live with my parents because mm -hmm. I was living in LA before we went into lockdown, and then I had to come back, and I lost my yeah. job. So oh. I was like, "What am I going to do? I know I'll just go and live with my parents for like three months." <laughs> And it was amazing, just like living in the countryside. I went for like a run every day. Me and my mom went for a hike every single morning. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. And I was like, this actually, is this what I want to be? Is this what I want to do? <laughs> After like three months, I was like, oh, I'm sick of you lot. And uh, I need to see my mates. <laughs> Got to head out, yeah. But it was really amazing to like have that experience with them because I guess unless you live, I left home when I was like 18. So like most people do, or some people yeah. still live in but um you know I had that like time with them which you in the longest I've spent with my parents since I was like 18 is probably like maybe just over a week so it was like it was so nice to like hang out with them and like you know get to know them as like actual people um, yeah, I think we, yeah had one fight. we had like one fight the whole three months that was it <laughs> wow hey that's that's good I was gonna say uh oh no I did it oh, I I'm trying to stop myself from saying so I was going to say, and I just did it again. And I've been so good. I haven't said it once this episode. But What's anyway, what did you say? What's wrong with saying that? I used to say it so much. And even in the Rory episode, that's when I had my epiphany that I say it all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just try not to say it because I use it as like a sentence starter because I my brain processes words. That you're saying and it's like but i, I want to keep my thoughts also going at the same time so i just lead into it so that's what i was going to say then I, I, I say that but anyway my starter is like um uh, so yours is much better <laughs> yeah well that's the podcast version of uh <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say though <laughs> i was going to say um <laughs> uh <laughs> sorry i need to recoup oh, a little <laughs> You forgot what you were going to say. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Uh, back in 2016, I was in a car crash. Pretty, pretty gnarly. I like a woman was driving on the wrong side of the road, hit me. I was driving swerve. So like I took the hit of it and my right arm and leg got all messed up. And um, that's when I kind of developed what like you're talking about with your parents where you're just like, oh, you're people. I was kind of with my mom because she was the one doing like physical therapy with me and all that and I was just at home every day obviously uh that's when we kind of just developed this relationship of like we're both just people we don't have to like uh, yeah I'm your son and like I'll I'll be nice but like at the same time we're just people you know um so I, I have this similar experience for a different reason but I've, I've been yeah, to the same thing less sad than mine <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> how's how's all your physiotherapy doing now are you all good yeah that was so that was like what, six years ago it was it was five years ago it was in october so yeah five but 
Yeah, no, I couldn't like use my hand for like a whole year. Um, my, it was my right hand too. So I like learned how to write with my left hand and stuff. And like for everyone that can see me that, uh, everyone <laughs> except for you or well, other way around, um, I could like bend my finger like that. That's like all the movement I had in my hand. And so I had to like, you know, bend all my joints down and is, you know, that's just me. That was like a year and a half of just like, yeah, surgeries and physical therapy. And I got a shot in my neck at one point because um, I, I developed this nerve disease. Sorry, this is going to be a little story time for me. This is very off topic, but. Right. We um, always need to talk about you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, hey, it's my podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I should be interviewing you. <laughs> I got a shot in my neck because I had a nerve disease and they thought it was caused by um, genetics and not the trauma that I experienced. And so they put a little shot in my neck and it made my pupil dilate in my like throat swell up and enough, it didn't do anything besides that. But uh, just a little experience of me. Anyway, yeah, that's a little trees and nylon lore for everyone out there. That's, Car crash. Sounds pretty character building. Extremely. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely character building. Definitely a formative moment in my life, like 100%. Uh, but anyway, moving on from that morbid uh, subject, we can go to... Uh, not a couple of hilarious uh, stories about me falling out of trees and breaking bones. Oh, yeah? How many times did that happen? Unfortunately, twice. Ah. I would have thought I'd learn. But no. <laughs> After the first one, no, you just you know, got to climb more trees. First time collarbone, second time arm. And actually, I was supposed to be going on this, like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever used to do this at school, but we used to have these, like, adventure holidays as, like, part of our, I guess, curriculum or just maybe just, like, this is, like, secondary school. So, like, I think I was, like, 13, 14. And it was, like, mm. highlight of my year. Going to the Lake District, like, kayaking, <laughs> abseiling, like, all of these, like, adventure courses that we used to do. And literally, like, the weekend before we were going to go on the Monday, I broke my arm, and I was oh. devastated, devastated. Mm. For like, I don't know, there was, like, maybe a month, probably a month. And for a child, like, 13, maybe it was longer than that, I can't remember, but I fully, like, cried every day for a long time. My parents oh, were like, that's so sad. <laughs> so sad. But, like, yeah, just, like, breaking my arm, falling out of a tree. I think I was, like, trying to get a Frisbee or mm. something. I just, like, fell out of the tree and then managed to climb... So it was like a fence and then the tree was on sort of half on my auntie's side of the of her house and then half on the playing fields, which is the other side. Mm. And so I like climbed up the tree to get the Frisbee and then fell out of it on the other side of the fence, but managed to like climb back over the fence with a broken arm, <laughs> which I was pretty yeah. proud. My dad was like, you've bloody broken your arm again, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if we're if we're doing the Pain Olympics right now, when I was six, I was cycling, <laughs> and um, I I went up like a little ramp. It was actually like my neighborhood end of school like pizza party that we had, uh, in in my suburb. Um, and party. what'd you say? Pizza party. Yeah, we just had a little pizza party. It was it was a cute little neighborhood. We had um a lot of kids were in the same school, like the same uh, age range, basically. So you know the parents were like, oh yeah, let's get together at the pool and just like this is an extremely American experience, and um get together yeah get together at the pool and just like have a little pizza party. And I was on my bike and there someone brought a ramp, so I was going. People were just like going up and down the ramp. It was just it was small. It wasn't like an like a half pipe or anything and um <clears throat> i get to the top of the ramp and i think i hear someone like say my name so i like turn and i look and i hit the brake instinctively and i just fly off and i brace myself with both of my hands and i break both of my wrists so i was in i was six years old and i was in an l cast two l casts just like a complete i look like c3po just completely unable to move um for probably like a month and a half and my mom had to like feed me and all that good stuff so yeah um, i mean i was only six your mom are tight <laughs> yeah 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 no we're close <laughs> i love that c3po reference that's hilarious i could really yeah, i mean it's, it's basically what i was uh oh, it was honestly man. more of a nuisance for my parents than it was for me i mean it sounds like you were sort of like a nuisance child like your injuries are way worse than mine <laughs> yeah, my no, mine are definitely like, extreme <laughs> My parents always tell these stories about how I was like a really annoying child because I was like, they were like, always taking me to hospital because I'd broken something. But you sound <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> I 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know why I got into the hiking stuff. I'm so injury prone. I've torn both of my ACLs. I broke <sighs> my wrist again trying to do a bicycle kick in soccer. That sucks. I mean, yeah, I recently broke my foot, which is really annoying. And then yeah. since then, I've just been like, I need to take care of my body. I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, me too. I need to, st- I need to start taking my like fish oil supplements. Gotta take those fish oils. Gotta take those fish. Very important. <laughs> I actually have this like really amazing green juice that I take every morning, which I like thoroughly recommend. This is not an advert. Mm. Not sponsored by them, obviously, but it's just really good if you want to be really healthy. <laughs> it's called what's the, uh, what's the brand? Synergy powder? Synergy. Pure Synergy. There it is. Pure Synergy powder. Oh, look at that. Very cute yeah. looking. Oh, there it is. It's on Amazon. Yeah, Although, it's, expensive, it's good buy shit. Amazon. <laughs> buy it from I the company. Don't buy also, um, on the side, extremely interested in like uh, nutrition and biochemistry mm. and neuroscience. So I'm also oh. like, prepared for all that shit. Wear many hats. <laughs> Wear many hats. <laughs> many hats, yeah. Nice. Um, although I think it sort of like goes hand in hand with the whole like just loving like sport and adventure and like yeah definitely i mean you got to take care of the body that's going out on those trips and stuff you know exactly exactly um well do you have anything else to say about any of the two topics we just talked about um or not just two multiple topics i don't know um i think i'm all set nice Cool. Well, if that is the case, um, it is custom on the podcast to do a few shout outs at the end. Um, so if you would like to, you can take all the time you need. Um, just, you know, gather around about three people that you'd like to shout out and. Uh, shout okay. Um, I will give a shout out to my business partner um who is amazing and we're doing some great things together. And I'm really excited about that um you can find him i don't know what his handle is on instagram <laughs> he runs carrier goods with me and the other brands that we do um oh god there's too many people um uh shout out to my mom and dad who are probably listening to this or they will do when it comes out anyway um you're amazing love you and um i guess my friend Charlotte, who's my sort of like main hiking buddy, um, who does the mushroom energy walks with me. Um, so yeah, that's it. And does Charlotte have an Instagram that you like to shout out or just um, pure shout out? I don't know what that is either. Um, <laughs> it's like Charlotte Jones with a four at the beginning, I think. CH4 Arlette Jones. <laughs> Uh, and also I'll do a shout out if I can have one more to the Gorp Core Girls, Gorp Girls Instagram, which is uh yeah, my friend Hannah's Instagram, which is sick, which is like creating a safe space for girls to hike, which is great. Love that. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to Hannah. Make sure he gives a follow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Carrier.goods. Carrier.goods. Uh that's it. Absolutely. For me. I will shout out. You took one of them. I wasn't sure if you were to say it. I was going to say Gorp Girls as well because that was the easiest one. <clears throat> I'm going to shout out Athene Club, I believe. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's Athene. great. There you go. There you I go. haven't yeah. to go hiking with those uh, women yet, but... Yeah, another yeah. female hiking group. Um, I will shout out... Oh, no, I don't know if she changed her name. Yeah, Namu Nomad. Um, I don't know where she's located, but she is a girl that goes outside. Has been part of the scene for a while. Didn't even know that she was a girl for a while because doesn't post uh, her face, just like the account a lot. Who else? Who else? Shout out to uh, my friend Eugenie Lee. She's a, a climber and like just lover of all things outdoors. She's amazing. Uh, hopefully going to be working with us at some point. Um, but yeah, I've got climbing mm-hmm. there a little bit. Very she nice. did like amazing bouldering workshop for women recently, mm-hmm. which I went to and then have met a few women from that. And now we climb together. We actually went climbing last night, oh, um, nice. which is very 
cool. So very, very grateful to her for that. Yeah. Female communities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out Anna Tyler, who is foot down or Liam, more colloquially unknown. But Liam's girlfriend, Anna Tyler, just started recently getting into the Gorp scene, posting some good photos. And before the Gorp photos, there was a lot of cool drawings and illustrations and stuff. It's Anna Tyler, Tyler spelled T-Y-L-R. Shout out to her. And also Carrie Ann. That's a Tyler Jones girlfriend. Um, it's Capture Living, captures with a C-A-P dot T-U-R-E underscore living. Also lots of good photos. Um, yeah, her bio currently stealing my boyfriend's camera. She posts some really good shots. Uh, her hair is amazing. Is that yeah. her not- <laughs> natural hair color? That's incredible. Sick. Matches his beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. And those cows. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think, and obviously, shout out Hannah De Silva. I'm not sure yeah. if she needs it, but shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, with all that said, Georgia, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's been really nice. Yeah. Very much it. My first Opening one. of the floodgates to a uh, new group of people, you know? Exactly. That's the point. Breaking, breaking walls. Georgia Smith out here breaking walls, breaking boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> breaking down those gender barriers. <laughs> of course, of course. It's very important work, honestly. Uh, thanks for coming on. I hope to talk to you again soon with uh, Matt. And we can talk more about the carrier goods experience. And I'll uh, I'll see you later. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me.